Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, on today's show, we're going to close out 2022 and we're going to welcome 2023. We're going to offer you some things to keep an eye on if you're planning on retiring next year. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative. Silverleaf Financial is where you find him. He's been helping folks for more than 30 years getting to and through retirement. And in the process, he has written a book called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. That seems like a good thing. Uh, Silverleaf Financial is the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Hey, Kevin, what's happening? Oh, hey, Steve, I appreciate that uh, that intro. And, and guys, yeah, definitely tax-free, two of my favorite words. Oh, you know, yeah. Free, you, you know, check out the website. The book is free, and I'll be happy to show you how you can use uh, some of those dollars you put away uh, on a tax-free basis if you need, should need them for long-term care. Sure. All right. Well, we can talk more about that and uh, how they can get a book. Let's uh, tell them yeah. folks a little bit how to do that. Um, okay, so ending 2022, it's hard to believe, but uh, I think we're all ready for it to be over, aren't we? Oh, my gosh. I know I am. Yeah, I know me I too. Am. <laughs> you know, there's... There's just been so much going on in these last few years that, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a new year and a new start, a fresh start. Um, you, you know, but unfortunately, uh, 2023 could possibly be one of the worst years to retire since the Depression. And uh, <laughs> Well, aren't you the yeah, optimist? I'm, 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 I, I hate to, you know, sound negative here, all right? But, but I want people to be ready. I want them to be prepared and to understand the situation. And, uh, you know, we've got some planning that we can cover to help you retire if you are retiring during this bear market. Well, I mean, again, uh, you certainly in 30 years, 30 plus years, you've helped people in situations like this. I mean, I, you know, several years come to yes. mind, but, and it didn't matter. People still had to retire. And and the beauty is when you, when you put that plan together, Kevin, is it, uh, you're, you're covered no matter what's going on anywhere. That's, that's right. And that's, we, we do everything. I do everything possible that I can. We do everything we can to make sure, you know, that when somebody, uh, uh, does choose to finally, you know, get that gold watch, let's say, and retire. 
um, that you've got everything you need and, and not just what you need now, though, is the key. And, and what I'm saying is that we want to go through, we start off by looking at your assets, your liabilities, uh, your income, your expenses. So we're looking at everything and then we're figuring out how much income, you know, your portfolio can generate. Uh, ideally, we want to do it on a, on a guaranteed basis. Uh, and what's most important to me, I should say one of the things that very high priority is that you don't just meet your bills now, right? Because you could have a 20, 25 year, 30 year retirement and, and, uh, you want to make sure you've got enough put away and you've got enough money come in to handle the inflation that we've all seen in this last, you know, last year, year and a half. Right. Yes. Well, and, and again, so, yeah. Okay. No, I was just going to say one of the things we talked about, uh, we, we call it sequence of return. Risk right. And, that's where and, I was headed. We'll cover that. Yeah. Exactly. And, and so, so that's what we want to be aware of. And you want to be aware of it as an investor. Right. And, and it's, uh, you know, this is some guy is probably, I don't know. Uh, this guy's probably a PhD. This came out from an article a long, long time ago. So he's, you know, it's got a fancy title, Sequence of Return Risk, or we call it Sequence Risk. Mm -hmm. What it means is just think about this: the markets that we've had this year in 2022, stocks and bonds have had one of the worst years on record. In fact, I believe bonds have had the worst year ever. Wow. Um, you know, and, and it does depend on what you know, area of the maturity, what area of the yield curve you look at. Um, but both of them, you know, markets overall are down 20%, both stocks and bonds. And so imagine if you were an investor and I don't know, maybe you, maybe you got a million dollar portfolio last year and you're saying, all right, I can generate X amount of money. Uh, and well, now you've lost a couple hundred grand this year, right? Mm -hmm. And so you probably can't generate the same income from that portfolio as you thought you could because of the decline in the portfolio, because of the drop. And so the sequence risk has to do with exactly that, the timing of when the market, you know, how the market performs and when it declines. So in other words, the sequence is, let's say the first couple of years you retire, you got, you know, you got a gain and a gain and a gain, you know, you're looking fine. You should be just fine. Right. At least, at least so far. But if the first couple of years you retire, you go down and down and down. Okay. Let me give an example. Let's say you retire at the end of 1999. All right. Right. The market crashed, you know, peaked in two, speak peaked in uh, what spring of 2000. And then for the next two and a half years, 2000, 2001, and 2002 went down, down, down. And so if you started off and, and we wound up with a cumulative drop of over 40%, close to 50, and depending on how much NASDAQ or tech exposure you had, it could have been far worse. So you could have had a million dollar portfolio if you had that in the stock market, could have turned into you know, maybe 600 grand. And I can't imagine going through that right as I'm getting ready to retire. And so that's what we're talking about. Now compare that and think of, contrast that, I should say. Let's say you retired at... Uh, I don't know, the end of 1994, right? Okay. And, and what wasn't that special of a year, but we went into a fantastic bull market, right, Steve? Yes, 95, of 96, right? I mean, rock and we roll. Had the, right, rock and roll internet, the birth of the internet, right? Right. Birth, birth of the internet. Any company that has a dot-com is going to be worth fortune, right? And, and all this craziness going on, and, uh, you know, but the market was had a phenomenal performance the end of the 90s. And so if a person retired in 94, their portfolio did nothing but going up, up, up for those first several years, and they and they should have been perfectly fine afterwards. Um, but that's the sequence we're talking about: is those those first three, four, five years, especially the first couple of them. When you retire, if your portfolio is invested in the stock market and or bond market, right? Because we all know now bonds can lose money too, right? Yes. And so, so it's important to recognize the risk you're taking if that's your strategy. 
So if you're planning, in other words, if you're planning on living off of your stock and bond portfolio, it's very important you understand sequence risk so we can avoid any devastating hits or make sure we have enough, you know, enough cushion on it, right? That even if it does decline, it's not going to impact your portfolio, your uh, retirement income plans. Right. So there are strategies to avoid that no matter where we are in the planning process. No question. No question. And, and you know, there, there definitely are, you know, and, and what, what's important to understand is that is, is the impact it can have on, you know, on your wealth, right? If your wealth is mostly in stocks and bonds, it can have a devastating impact if it goes, uh, you know, the wrong direction. And we know, you know, just looking back to 2000, how many bear markets have we had in that what, 22 years, or almost 23 years, right? We had uh, 2000, 2001 and two. Uh, we had 2007 and eight. Those are bear markets, nasty ones, right? 40% plus drops. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if you want to call when COVID hit in 20, if you want to call that a bear market, it was very brief because of all the stimulus and artificial, you know, uh, artificial things the government did by printing the money and, and sending out the relief checks and all those things. So it was a very brief one, but it was, you know, pretty harsh. Yeah. And, and so- whether you call that two or three bear markets in the last, you know, roughly 20 years is, you know, is your call. But I think you need to plan on there being these bear markets there. I, I believe it's just it's just something that it's like a law of nature. You know, they're, they're going to happen and you just want to make sure you're prepared. Um, but something I want to touch on is that a lot of people, when they put together a portfolio, advisors included, uh, we want to you know, we've all heard diversification, right? Reduces your risk. Um, and it'll help balance out the ups and the downs. And a lot of people, I've met so many people that say, well, bonds are safe, right? Bonds are safe. And they're talking as though they can't lose money. And, and what I'm trying to point out here is that we've seen in 2022, stocks and bonds can lose 20% or more at the exact same time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to have other assets in your portfolio beyond stocks and bonds. Well, then you say, well, Kevin, how about real estate? How about real estate? Well, let's talk about real estate. Look at the real estate investment trust. For instance, the Dow Jones REIT index, right? Widely followed real estate investment trust index, also down, guess what? Over 20% this year. Okay. And well, Kevin, what about emerging markets? How about foreign or international stocks? Well, guys, emerging markets are down 22, 23%. Uh, Asian stocks, Pacific Rim is down, I want to say about 18%. European stocks are down around 20%. So what's an investor to do? What do you do? Right. Because all of these asset classes that are supposed to go in different directions, right, at the same time, so that you've got a portfolio that doesn't get crushed because they all go down, what do you do? The answer is you talk to somebody like me that can help you find other investments that have guarantees that you can't lose money. Right. Right. And yes, this this is where I come in and I say, guys, you need to look at index annuities. Okay. These don't lose money. They're guaranteed contractually. They can't lose money because of a market drop, okay? But they go up when the market goes up, okay? So what I, that's one of the first things I start with when I sit down with somebody is I say, let's talk about this and let's figure out how much money you want to put into something that is guaranteed that it can't lose money. Start there, okay? We start off with the money you want to keep safe. Make sure it's protected. Doesn't matter what happens. The market could drop 80%. You won't lose a penny in one of these Okay. And so I start there because it truly is safe money. Whereas these other vehicles, stocks, bonds, domestic stocks, international stocks, foreign stocks, emerging market, we've seen it, right? We've, and this isn't the first time. This has happened before. So it's important that you understand it. Make sure you know how much risk you're taking. It doesn't mean you should avoid stocks altogether. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is let's start off making sure we've got some of your assets safe. 
And then let's make sure we've got income for you that's guaranteed. And after that, after we have those bases covered, then let's talk about how much we can risk and how much risk you want to take and you're comfortable taking with the rest of your portfolio. Sure. The uh, And again, working with you, I mean, obviously, you you make that sound so easy. And I think it's because you've just done it so many times and helped so many people, even though every every plan is different, every person is different. Mm-hmm, there are certain sure. things that you can put in place that that just make sense. There, there are, and 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 I, I do, I do appreciate appreciate the, that that those comments, Steve. And uh, you know, I'm coming up on year 33, right? I started okay. in 19, 1990 in this business, so uh, uh, this is not my first rodeo. I've uh, been through the bull markets, the bear markets, and uh, all sorts of craziness in between. And and what I've found is that almost everybody wants to keep some of their portfolio safe. The difference is how much, you know, and, and what that means is people have different tolerance for risk. Some people are comfortable risking, you know, 80% of their portfolio. Others, others want to keep 80% of it safe. All right. And, and, and I've got the extremes as well. I've got some folks now that are younger. They're, they're the sons and daughters of some of my clients. So there's, these are people like maybe 40 years old uh, and, and they've got everything in the stock market and they're totally comfortable with it. They're not worried about it, um, but it all depends on your own personal situation and I have other people that are that are retired or close to retirement. They don't want to have anything in the stock market. And so I deal with folks all up and down the spectrum. And what I do as an advisor is I do everything I can to dial in to find out, to find that best level of comfort, right? And, and what I mean is, how did you feel when you see the stock market crash, right, over the last several months, when you see a drop of you know, 1,000 points in the Dow Jones? If you're the person that's losing sleep or you're feeling anxiety because of that, Chances are good you're taking too much risk with your portfolio, all right. But if it's you know if it's like the water off the ducks, you know, <laughs> off the ducks behind, then and you're like, oh, no big deal, it'll come back. I'm not worried about it. Then you're probably okay being in the market. That doesn't mean we want to get crazy with it, right? No, but of course not. but it's really important to understand how much risk you're comfortable with. And again, that differs from person to person, obviously. And and like you said, you, you've got the extremes. You know, I know that uh, I mean I've got friends. They're they're just panicked because they they didn't save a lot growing up you know what i mean and now yes. all of a sudden oh, yeah. i'm going high risk oh yeah that oh yeah and that and that's something to be careful of you know and i do see that uh i've met i've met some people i had a meeting not that long ago where the guy says well well i understand diversifying but he says but i want to make money he says so i i i think i need to just put like everything in one good stock right and i'm serious that's what he wanted he that's what he, he's like one position one position and i said well <laughs> I said you could, but I would call that very high risk um, because what he's talking about, he's he's thinking about the super rich guys like Elon Musk, right? Made their fortune because they happened to be involved with the company. They were the founders of the company. So they gave, they gave themselves, you know, a, I don't know, a gazillion shares, each at like a tenth of a penny. And and so, you know, if it does anything at all, they're going to make a fortune. You know, Jeff Bezos with Amazon and, and the list Peter goes Thiel on and on. With, with PayPal. Yes, with paper. When and but I think he's the guy that's got the billion dollar Roth IRA. He or something. does, yes. <laughs> and, and, and so, I guess congratulations to him. Um, you, you know, but 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 you, I I think you just need to reference that and say, all right, there's yes. If you're in that select group um, of, of people, if you happen to be a founder, you're an executive, you've got a ton of company stock, then maybe it'll work out for you. But one thing I always tell everybody is that I remember reading these stories back in 2000, 2001, 2002, right around that area. And it was about this couple that worked at WorldCom, okay? Oh, yeah. They I remember both, WorldCom. Remember WorldCom? I do. 
so this was a husband and wife. They both worked there. They both were in like min- middle management type positions, good positions, good pay, good, you know, good benefits. They're doing well. And they both had all their 401k in, in the company stock. And, and we know if, if you guys remember what happened, uh, they went belly up. And so not only did these, this couple lose virtually all the money they had on their 401k, they also lost their jobs. All right. And, and so my point, the moral of the story, my opinion, um, I don't ever like to see more than 10% of a portfolio in anyone holding. And, and I'm talking about like a mutual fund that's, or, that's got you know, many securities. As for individual stocks, I typically don't like more than 5%. Um, if this is supposed to be a balanced portfolio, uh, as opposed to saying, you know, somebody saying, hey, I'm aggressive. This is a piece of money I'm aggressive with. Uh, I don't like more than 5% in an individual stock because of the risk of something happening that was just unexpected. And, and so I think you had to be very careful about your concentration risk, how much you have in one asset class, one group, you know, I, I, and speaking of which I've, I've met people uh, um, many years ago, maybe, I don't know, 15 after the, I think it was after the 07, uh, 08 crash. Uh, I met a guy that uh, he was at another brokerage firm, very big brokerage firm that, you know, wirehouse people probably have heard of. And uh, he had seven different mutual funds and he couldn't understand how he lost almost half of his money. All right. And so I looked at his portfolio, I analyzed it and I see, well, the, the reason is because he had seven different funds, but they were all buying the same companies. These were all large cap growth companies. So every one of them had, you know, all the big tech names, all the big tech companies. And when they went down, all of his funds went down. And, and you know, so, so it's very important, you know, to understand what you own and guys, this is where an advisor can really help you. Because one of the things that we can do, you know, I've got one report I do, it's called an intersection report. And so it takes all the funds that you own. It looks at, it breaks it down into the individual holdings within each fund. And then I can show you, hey, you know what? Four of your funds own Microsoft. Five of them own XYZ company. And you can see the overlap, the intersection of where your investments hold the exact same, the hold the same stock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Now maybe, now maybe you want that. Um, but I think in a lot of cases, you might not want that. I think you're right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you mentioned something, and, and again, you sort of got into it there, but you said, I did an analysis. And that, to me, is a, is a key part of this. In other words, if I've been saving, you know, I've been a good saver, and I'm, you know, 10 years from retirement, you can take a look and, and do that analysis and, okay, this is how it's going to be. That's got to make right. your job easier, too, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It, it does. Yeah. And, and, and there's, you know, there's a lot of tools, of course, a lot of software programs that we use to do, to do this and to help us figure it, figure it all out. And, and that can run these, you know, thousands of calculations. Um, but, but that's what we need to do. We need to step back and look at it objectively. Where is your exposure, you know, and, and how much, obviously, like I mentioned, we start off talking about how much risk you want to take. Um, and if it is stocks and you want to be in stocks, we want to take a look and make sure you don't have too much exposure to any one area, you know, whether it's too much in, in one particular sector. You know, there's there's 11 sectors in the S&P 500. Do you have everything in technology? Is everything in healthcare? Is every A lot of people now have everything in energy. And, 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 and by the way, if you guys watch how energy trades, meaning stocks of oil and gas companies, very, very volatile. Okay, so just a bit, yeah, you know. So before you load up on anything, make sure you look at it, look at its history, and see the swings and the volatility and and things like that. Because a lot of people will get into something because they hear, yeah, maybe it's a neighbor, or friend, or family member tells them about it, and they might not realize, wow, this thing is crazy volatile. Um, and you look at something called a beta. 
If anyone's familiar with beta, that is a, that is the relationship to the S&P 500 index. So the S&P 500 has a beta of 1.0. And if you say, Kevin, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, you should give me a call, okay? Because these are the things you should understand if you're managing your own money, all right? If you've got a beta over one, that means you've got more volatility than the S&P 500 index. So if you have a beta of two, you've got twice as much volatility. So twice as much ups and twice as much, twice as much up, twice as much down as the S&P 500, all right? So a conservative investor should be looking for something below 0.9 is how I do it. I say, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's see if we can find something. Maybe it's got a beta of 0.6 or 0.7, right? Because most investors, if you're conservative, you probably don't want to see these crazy changes in your portfolio value every month, right? You'd rather be slow and steady than these ups and downs, ups and downs. And, and so let me give you an example. Let's say you've got two portfolios. They both make 10% average returns, Right. But you've got one portfolio that makes 8%, then 12%, then 8%, then 12%. You got a 10% average, okay? Now you got another portfolio. He's swinging for the fences. One, one year, he's he zero. And the next year, he makes 20%. Next year, zero. Next year, 20. And it could be more extreme, right? It could be a loss of 20, right? And it could be a gain of 40. You're still winding up at that same average return. And so what you want to take a look at you want to look at that volatility. How much of a range is, are these things trading in? And, and those are some, some of the keys to minimizing, right? How much fluctuation? Because the end result is how much does the value of your portfolio change on a monthly basis? If you're seeing big swings in that value and, you, and it's making you uncomfortable, you need to talk to an advisor, give me a call, and I'll sit down and I can show you ways we can lower that risk and lower the volatility so you don't have to lose any sleep at night. I like that too. 800-975-6717. That's the number you can call 800-975-6717. But also just reach out on the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Right there on the homepage, you can reach out, to connect with Kevin via email and, and just begin that process. Yes, by, by all means, guys, feel free to reach out anytime. I'm happy to have a discussion, uh, sit down with you, which by the way, I don't charge for. I, I can't stand the nickel and diming that a lot of advisors and and CPAs and people, lawyers, people like that do every you know, five minute phone call, you get a bill. All right. I don't operate that way. I'm more than happy to sit down and answer any questions and talk to you um, and, and give you, give you ideas. The only thing that I ask is that if you like something I suggest and you want to pursue it, that you pursue it through me. But we, I call it a gentleman's agreement. There, there's no obligation. It's just a, it's just a request that I have out of uh, uh, professional courtesy, I guess I'd say. Sure. All right. Well, that makes sense. So as we continue down this path of, of you know, getting ready and, and understanding where things are, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to work until I'm 65. Or I'm going to work until I'm 70. And that doesn't always work out that way. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, you know, because unfortunately, a lot of people, if you look at people that are retired and you survey them, you can, you'll see that uh, a good percentage of people that are retired, they didn't retire when they planned to. They retired early. Maybe they were laid off. They got cut, um, or maybe they got sick personally, or maybe they maybe their one of their parents got sick and they had to stay home and act as a caregiver for a parent or a child or a different relative. And so th- these things happen that might cause you to retire earlier than you thought you would. And so I, I think it's important, you know, that we do everything we can to get you as uh, get you as ready as possible, just in case something does come up. And if you're able to work and, and, and have that opportunity, you enjoy doing it, by all means, I'd say keep working as long, as long as you'd like, because every extra year that you work, that's one less year that you're drawing down your savings and you're actually adding to it. So 
Uh, many times I'll suggest when I sit down with folks um, that are in their early 60s and they want to retire, and and uh, I, I feel bad sometimes because I have to tell them, you know, I, I really think it's a good idea to keep working a little bit longer. Uh, and of course, that's not what they necessarily want to hear. They want to, they want, you know, they, they want to hear, Hey, you're good, man. You can retire right now. Um, but I'm not going to tell somebody that unless I truly believe it. And, and what I look at, you know, one of the things that, that has struck me as well as many other people is look at the rate of inflation we've seen this year. I mean, it's been off the charts, right? Yes. We've seen the highest inflation in decades, I think 40 years, 40 some years. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. That's a long time. There's a lot of people walking around that have never seen inflation like this. And so what I ask myself is, how long could it last? Is it, does it have to come down right away? I mean, granted, the central bank is, has made massive raises in interest rates to slow down the economy. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to slow down the economy, which means they're trying to slow down inflation. And they're doing it by raising rates because then it tightens up the money supply, which means banks are less likely to you know, to be just loaning, giving money to everybody. And, and uh, it makes it more difficult um, you know, for people to borrow. And it's by design because you know, when people borrow money, you get all this money in your pocket, a lot of us will go out and spend it, right? Well, and, I think and- that's what happened with uh, all of the uh, <laughs> pandemic money. It, it is. It is. And, and you know, so it's kind of a uh, it's a double edged sword, if you will. Um, you know, the pandemic money definitely helped people get through the rough spots. But on the other on the other hand, it's, it's contributed to higher levels of inflation. And, and so what we're dealing with now is we're trying to we're trying to get back from from the mess that we've been through with covid and everything else that that I don't think we've we've seen. I don't believe I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, I think we've seen a lot in these last few years that we've never seen. And so none of us really know exactly how this is going to unfold. What I'm here to say is imagine if inflation does not come down right away. All right. Imagine it lasts a few years. What if it's sticky? You know, and if you listen to Jerome Powell, the Fed of, uh, head of the central bank, that's what he talks about. He says, we want to make sure inflation doesn't last for another five years or 10 years. That's what he said. That's what he's on record saying. So that's what they're trying to do because they know it's a possibility that it lasts several years. And, and so can you imagine, have you thought about your portfolio? If we, if we had, you know, two or three more years at 7% inflation, I mean, three years, that's 20% higher cost, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. And well, I can't, you know, how, how, I don't know how far everyone's portfolio is going to go if we see that much inflation, because what I think about that's when I started off the show talking about how we want to make sure you've got what you need right now. Right. But then we want to build in a cushion. And what I'm talking about is so we can offset inflation. So what I suggest is when we come up with a number for what you what you want to receive in monthly income, let's say you need, I don't know, $5,000 a month now, then I'm going to say we should budget for eight or 9,000 a month. Okay. And, what and the reason why is because where, is, where are your costs going to be 10, 15, 20 years from now? And, and I think there's a good possibility if a person retires in their early or mid sixties, there's a very good possibility that you'll have a 20 year retirement. If you're married, that chance, the ch- if you're a 65 year old married couple, there's over a 50% chance that one of you will live to 90. And so that would give you a 25 year retirement. If inflation is 3%, that means from the beginning to the end of retirement, prices will likely double. Okay. So we want to make sure we have a plan to deal with it. And the good news is I can show you exactly how we can deal with it. So we make sure you've got money coming in that will last you forever, even if you live to 110. 
you'll still have money coming in every single month. I like it. I like it, Kevin. So, you know, let's talk Social Security for a minute if we can, um, because where does that come into the thing, into it? You were just talking about, you know, you have sometimes have to tell people they got to work a little longer. And so then they can not take Social Security at that point either and, and let that grow. Yes. And that's one of the that, that is one of the key suggestions that I like to make. To, to almost everybody, not everybody. Um, now, let me give you the caveat. If somebody's got a health condition, if they've got a terminal condition or a critical condition, uh, then it might make perfect sense to claim your Social Security right when you become eligible at 62, all right? Um, what I'm saying is, is if you think there's a strong, strong possibility that you won't live much beyond your mid or late 70s, okay, then that's a very good reason to consider taking Social Security early. However, if that's not the case, all right, especially if you have, if your parents lived well into their 80s or grandparents, aunts, uncles, if your family has, has, in other words, a lifespan, a lot of them have a lifespan north of 80, then I'm going to suggest you wait as long as you can. Because the, the break-even point to when you're trying to figure out, do I claim at 62, 66, or 67, or do I wait till 70, all right, the break-even point, if you wait until 70, the break-even point is around 81 years old. And what I mean is that those smaller checks that you gave up if you had claimed early, by the time that, it, and now you're going to get bigger checks for having waited, for the time that, to, for the total amount of money that you've received to exceed what you would have by claiming early is generally around the age of 81. It could be, it could be you know, late 70s or it could be 82, but it's in that window right there. I've done numerous calculations. They always seem to come in around 80, 80, 81, 82. And, and so to me, that's what I look at us. And I say, if you're a married couple, okay, if you're the higher, the higher income, if you're, I, let me say, I should rephrase that. Social Security looks at the highest 35 years of income. So when you look at your Social Security uh, estimated check on the website, right? Mm -hmm. you, look, you look at the estimated check. If your check is the bigger of the two you're and you're married, right? When the first, when one, you know, one person passes away, the surviving spouse is going to get one social security check. They won't get both. They will get the bigger of the two. Okay. And so the way I think about it with, in my case, um, because I, I have the higher income of the two, I am married. And I think about it. And I say, you know what? Well, that means if there is a chance that either one of us will live, let's say past the age of 81 or 82, then I should wait until the age of 70 to claim because my wife is going to get my check. All right. It went when I pass mm -hmm. and I want to make sure she's taken care of too. And you know what, guys, one of the nice things about social security is that it's got a built in cost of living adjustment. So there's an inflation hedge for you right there. Now I know people argue and say, it's not real. It doesn't match what inflation is, I, you know, but at, I'm, I'm going to toss that out for right now. And I'm going to say, but there is a cost of living adjustment. Okay. You do get this year and this year is supposed to be one of the biggest ones that's ever been, been, uh, been given. So, Everyone's going to get a nice bump in their Social Security. Uh, I hear some people saying, yeah, Medicare is going up too. And it is, but nowhere near as much as you're increasing your Social Security check. Yeah, Medicare okay. actually went down from 171 it, to 164, I think. Oh, that's right. That's right. You know what? And, and so, because uh, we, we know it, they, they deduct that out before. So, right. Um, yeah, I don't quite understand how that happened, how, how, how there's a decline in Medicare. Um, but, uh, but nonetheless... That that is something. So take so it's got a built-in Social Security cost of living adjustment, and my point is that with other sources of income that you receive, there's no there, a lot of them don't have a cost of living adjustment. Um, if somebody has a pension, if you're fortunate to have a pension, 
Some of them do and some of them don't. It depends on what you elected when you when you took the pension. Uh, I've, I had I did meet one couple um, that the man had a pension and the wife was counting on it. And then the, the man passed away and the wife didn't know that that pension was only for his life. So when he died, she lost the pension, too. And boy, it's a good thing he died or she'd have killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. So guys have these, have these conversations, talk to, talk to your spouse, you know, when you're making the decision, what to elect, uh, I would suggest taking the smaller payment on that pension and making sure that it lasts for joint life. Um, that's what I like to do. I like to use, uh, annuities for guaranteed lifetime income. If you're married, like in my case, I'll be doing joint life payments. So the payment will continue at the exact same level for as long as either one of us live. And I think that's really what you want. You don't want to have a decrease in income for the person that survives, you know, because who knows how much longer they'll live and how much more inflation they're going to have to face. So I can, I can show you how to set these things up in a way that you don't have to worry about where that next check is coming from. All right. That sounds great. And uh, so are we, uh, we're kind of coming up on the end here. What, uh, how are you feeling as we end the year and, and begin the new one? Well, I tell you what, you know, uh, I, I, I'm feeling good about, about the markets overall. Um, however, let me tell you guys, it is important to look at your portfolio. There are some people calling for a, a very rough start to 2023 in the stock markets. So make sure you're comfortable with how much risk you're taking. Sit down with an advisor or give me a call. If you'd like some other ideas or you'd like another analysis, I'd be happy to to point out uh, some ways you might be able to improve that situation. That sounds great. You've uh, got any big plans? You're doing any traveling for the holidays? Now, you know what? We're we're, we're staying we're staying local. You know, I nice. see I see these I see these blizzards, and I'm not really not really looking to get involved with those. Yeah, I mean, I got kids <laughs> up in that part of the world, and yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll I'll deal with the uh, 60, 60, 60 and sunny in Arizona. So well, we'll, that's we'll parka there. weather for you. <laughs> It, oh, it is. It is. It feels cold. <laughs> right. Well, Kevin, let's get together again next week and continue. That sounds good. We'll continue it again next week, guys. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. This for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today 
800-975-6717. Do it today. 